0: With 326 episodes made, broadcasting from 1939 to 1950, we bring to you The New Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. The makers of clipper craft clothes for men... And 924 leading retail stores from coast to coast present the world's most famous detective, Sherlock Holmes. (laughs) Sherlock Holmes is portrayed by John Stanley, Dr. Watson by Alfred Shirley. Our stories are based upon the character of Sherlock Holmes, created by Arthur Conan Doyle. The dramatizations are by Edith Miser. And now, once again, we turn into the familiar gate. The wind whistles cold and sharp through empty branches. A brilliant October moon peers intermittently from behind scudding clouds. Hello, what's that in the good doctor's window? Pumpkin lantern. Dr. Watson is celebrating Halloween early this year.
1: Come in, Mr. Harris, come in. Why the delay on the doorstep?
0: Why, I was just admiring your Halloween decorations, Doctor Hudson.
1: <laughs> A work of art, eh? Presented to me this afternoon by my youngest godchild. It's supposed to off goblins and witches and other nefarious familiars who are abroad
0: this time of year. <laughs> you mean who are supposed to be abroad, Doctor?
1: <laughs> Not necessarily, Mr. Harris. Not necessarily. Here, take this chair by the fire. Thank you. Did I ever tell you of the time Holmes and I had a rather terrifying encounter with the notorious laughing lemur at Tower Heath? Why, you know you didn't, Doctor. Who was she? A witch who had been buried centuries before on wild and brooding countryside known as Dartmoor. This adventure took place on All Saints' Eve, the particular witch's Sabbath, which you Americans refer to as Halloween. And... uh, (laughs) <laughs> there I go off the deep end as usual. Suppose I pause to pour us each a glass of fresh cider, hmm?
0: while you pay homage to our sponsor. What could be fair, Doctor Watson, to tell you that Clippercraft suits sell for only thirty-five and forty dollars, with a few special models at forty-three seventy-five. To say that Clippercraft top coats and overcoats sell for only thirty-five to forty dollars, and sport jackets for only twenty-four dollars, is only half the story. Because you really only begin to appreciate that these prices are astonishingly low when you've seen Clippercraft clothes. Custom details in the form of correct styling, perfect fit, luxurious tailoring, and rich long-wearing fabrics are yours in Clippercraft. Manufacturing ingenuity and a really great distribution idea make all this possible. Available to you in your own local independent store where friendly attention is traditionally yours. For through the Clippercraft plan, nine hundred twenty-four leading stores across America have concentrated their buying power, resulting in tremendous savings in manufacturing and distribution costs. You'll be amazed at Clippercraft's values. Compare Clippercraft with clothes selling for many dollars more. And now, Doctor Watson, to return to the witch on the moors.
1: Oh, right. It was uh, one morning several years after my marriage, a, a brilliant fall day, the last day of October to be exact. Mary and I had just finished our matutinal finn and Harry when a violent jangle at the front door bell heralded a telegram from my erstwhile partner in crime, Mister Sherlock Holmes. As nearly as I can remember, it ran: uh, "If convenient, meet me Paddington Station, ten fifteen. If inconvenient, come anyway. Bring service revolver." Don't suppose you have any silver bullets? Silver bullets?
0: What was the meaning of that inquiry,
1: Doctor? (laughs) As a matter of fact, that was my first question after Holmes had settled himself in the corner of our railway carriage. Holmes, I gather from your telegram that we're about to embark on another investigation. A dangerous one, judging from the fact that you wish me to bring my revolver. But why the facetious inquiry as to the
2: silver bullets? Because it's a common superstition among the natives, the moors of Devonshire. That the evil spirits who are bound there can only be killed a silver bullet. Oh,
1: who's interested in native superstitions?
2: We are, Watson. We've been urgently summoned by Sir Lionel Fenwick of Fenwick Hall. The long dead ancestors of his is supposed to be on the prowl. It seems she's not only playing all sorts of outrageous pranks, but actually threatening the safety of his infant son born only two weeks ago. In other words, Watson, we're not on the trail of a common criminal. This is a witch hunt. Pressing, eh, Watson, the first glimpse of the moor? Yes. We shall be there shortly. Uh, Notice that ancient Roman tower... She's buried at the crossroads at the foot of that hill. It's from that building that she derives her name. Who derives what name? The Laughing Lemur of Hightower Hill. A lemur is the Roman word for ghost or spirit of the dead. But she was a besides, That's why she was buried at the crossroads. She would have been burned, of course, and her ashes scattered to the four winds, except that she was a great lady and married to the head of the house of Fenwick, whose given name was Hugo. Hugo was an old boy in his 60s when he married her. To the annoyance of his brother Edgar, he's a lusty, fun-loving young French noblewoman, a Louise de Lombard, whose mother was the notorious Madame de Montespan. Madame de Montespan? Wasn't she a a sort of minor borger? Yes, Watson. At any rate, Louise seemed young, gay, and exceptionally healthy and active. Too athletic, perhaps, for her ancient bridegroom, because she insisted he accompany her when she rode The Hounds. Well, in due course of time, was found, his neck broken, on the far side of a particularly high wall, which his wife, shrieking with laughter, jumped a few moments before. Even after Hugo's death, Louise rode by day and danced by night, and day or night she continued to laugh. Deathbed taste, if you ask me. Quite. At first, her brother-in-law, Edgar, seems to have been fairly tolerant of the situation, since he now believed himself lord of the manor. But one day, three weeks after her husband's death, Louise came to him and informed him that she was going to have a child. The dead Hugo was the mayor. He relayed the information with gales of laughter. Uh,
1: poor Edgar.
2: The joke was certainly on him. Oh, no. He started rumors about his brother's widow. The French perfume she used were love potions. She and twelve companions she brought with her from France formed a coven. A coven? In the old days when witchcraft was in flower, Watson, witches and their familiars banded together in unholy groups of 13, which were called covens. Oh. Lastly, Edgar claimed that no mortal had fathered the child that it was the offspring of the devil himself. In proof of the intention, he pointed out cloven hoof prints under Louise's window. In short, the unfortunate lady was tried a witch, and uh, English justice being, shall we say, uh, slightly biased in those days, she was sentenced to be hanged by the neck until dead.
1: Dashed unfair, if you ask me.
2: After which he was buried at the crossroads beneath the Roman tower with a stake through her heart and a great stone over the grave to make sure she didn't return from it. Oh, lot of primitive nonsense. I wonder. At any rate, during the last fortnight, Some person or persons seem to have moved that stone, and some rather curious, not to say frightening, phenomena have occurred. The present head of the house of seems to feel the safety of his firstborn is threatened, and that this danger should reach its peak tonight, which is All Hallows' Eve. Yes, here we are. This is our station. And that uh, gentleman waiting over there beside the wagonette with a pair of handsome cobs is undoubtedly Sir Lionel, present master of Fenwick Hall.
3: the rug tucked over your knees, gentlemen. It's a longest drive to the hall, and the wind across the moors has turned uncommon cold. Oh. I'll admit, Mr. Holmes, I was greatly relieved when I received your telegram saying I could expect you. Oh?
2: Have there been any further disturbances since you posted your letter to me?
3: There have, Mr. Holmes. The church bell has tolled at odd hours, last night and the night before. Furthermore, a young goat was discovered, dragged to the foot of the witch's grave, its throat all torn and bleeding. Of course, it could have been killed by a wolf or some ferocious dog, but... Unpleasant occurrences, Sir Lionel, but as you say, not necessarily supernatural. That's what I keep telling my wife and that stupid old nurse of hers. But I must say, when old Willie was found to be missing this morning, I really began to worry. Old Willie? He's the gatekeeper, Mr. Holmes. Lives in the little stone lodge beside the entrance to our property. He's tended that gate for over 50 years. Never leaves it night or day. Uh, Except to come up to the hall for the Christmas party and my birthday.
1: Maybe the monotony finally got the best of him, eh,
3: Holmes? And uh, he decided to. He couldn't wander very far, Dr. Watson. Old Willie is a cripple. He managed to hobble a few feet with the aid of his crutch. But, but uh, that's the curious part of the story. Willie was missing, but his crutch was there where he left it every right, propped up against the foot of his bed. By Was there anything else missing? Any clothing, overcoat, shoes, money, provisions of any sort? No, Mr. Holmes. Wherever Willie went, he went in his nightshirt. Not even his carpet slippers are gone. Nothing was missing? Nothing at all? As a matter of fact, one object has disappeared with him. The old broom with which Willie swept the leaves away from the gates. Old Nanny, my wife's nurse, set up a typical Irish wailing when she heard about it. Insisted old Willie had ridden off on it to join the witch's Sabbath tonight. She always hated him because he makes her get out of the cart and open the gates herself when she goes marketing for my...
1: Typical household feud, eh, Holmes?
3: I tried to reason with the ignorant old fool, but she kept moaning and groaning that she's always known Willie had the evil eye. She's managed to frighten my poor wife nearly to hysterics. Oh, my wife is Irish too, Mr. Holmes. Her name is Bridget, in fact. I must say, they place more credence in these old wives' tales than we do here. Nanny says it's the curse of the House of Fenwick being visited upon us. The curse of the House of Fenwick? Yes, it, it, it seems a certain Lady Fenwick, born Louise de Lamballe. Oh, yes,
1: Holmes has already told me about her. Hanged as a witch and buried at the foot of the
3: Roman tower. Well, it seems that when the head had placed the noose around her neck, uh, she turned to my, uh, well, great, great something or other grandfather, who had the bad judgment to be standing nearby. She turned to him and laughed.
4: My dear brother Edgar, a silken rope. Que c'est charmant. <laughs> you think this is the end of Louise de Lamballe? But you're so very mistaken. You do not believe to have my first child. And so I say, I will not let your first child live. No, not the first child of any of the great house of Fénix. Louise shall come back from the grave. She shall come back and take them all.
1: Has <laughs> she managed to live up to her threats, Sir Lionel?
3: Certainly not all of the oldest children of our house have met an untimely death, but uh, a rather high percentage have been stillborn. Several have succumbed shortly after birth. The wind is rising. We're approaching High Tower Tour, Dr. Watson. The wind is always stronger here.
1: How ghastly the Roman ruins look in the moonlight.
3: When we reach the next bend in the road, we shall be opposite the witch's grave.
1: I see. A curious strip of mist sprang across the road.
3: Easy, easy, Phoebe. Easy, Blue Boy. What,
2: what blazes has got into the horses? Something seems to open them. God, what's that? There's something white over there in the bracken. Reign in the horses, Sir Lionel. right? I think our investigation may be here. Right, come along, Watson. Help,
5: someone. I'm a giant.
2: See white thing. It's moving. It's crawling along the ground. Yes, the man. He's badly hurt.
3: What's he doing all in white? It's a nightshirt, Watson. I know it's old Willie, but he, his face is all black. So are his hands. Willie, what's that stuff you've got in your skin?
5: It's the salve, the flying salve she give me so I could fly here to Tower Heath. We flew, me and me broomstick, we flew all the way. Good
2: Lord, he's out of his head. He's delirious. Yes, he's in a bad way. Take his pulse, Watson. Here you are, Willie. Take a swig out of my flask.
5: Hey, thank you, sir. I'm frozen cold. it have been cold ever since I put on the salve. She said it's because we was flying so high.
2: Who was she? What was her name?
5: The witch, of course.
2: What did she look like?
5: Uh, that I couldn't rightly say. She was wearing a veil over her face and stared in the moonlight at the foot of me bed. I'd been asleep when she called to me. Wake up. Wake up, Willie Malloy. You, who (laughs) be? Someone who can make you dance. Someone who can make you fly. You've always wanted to dance, haven't you, Willie? They're giving a dance tonight around my grave. Here, take this jar of ointment. Cover yourself well with it, Willie. Tather your old broomstick. It will make you fly. I'd like that. Free like a bird. I'd like to fly. Then rub on the ointment. I'll wait for you outside. We'll fly to the tower and dance together around my grave. <laughs> I did like she told me, sir. I covered myself in me broom. And first thing I knew, I got lighter and lighter. Up and up I went, up in the cloud And the next I knew, I was here on the heath, watching them dance, the little people. They was dancing around in a circle, but it made me dizzy to watch them. So I crept under a bush and went to sleep. This morning I woke up cold and sick. The magic was gone. I couldn't fly and I couldn't walk.
1: Poor old boy. Hello. His pulse—it stopped. The hum oh, is giving brandy. Willie, Willie, don't give up now. I'm afraid he has watched. Yes. He's dead, all right.
2: Dead of narcotic poisoning and one of the most despicable tricks I've ever encountered.
3: Mr. Holmes,
2: what do you mean? I shall be able to answer that question more accurately, Sir Lionel, after I've had a chance to analyze the ointment uh, that's smeared on this broomstick out the body. What? Bring it
3: along, Watson. Be careful you don't smear it on your clothes.
1: <laughs> the moon's rising above the hill. How white the crossroads look.
3: Yes, this is where the witch is buried.
1: I say, look here, all round The heather is trampled down in a large ring.
3: Great Scott, there was a dance here last night. uh, Look at these footprints in this damp spot. Small footprints. All small.
2: No wonder Willie said he saw the little (laughs) people. Here we are,
3: gentlemen. This is Fenwick Hall.
4: Is that you, Lionel?
3: Rachel, my dear, I've brought Mr. Holmes and Dr. Watson.
4: Thank heaven for that. It's time we had someone with intelligence to bring order into this hysterical household.
3: Gentlemen, this is Rachel Conway, my cousin. How do you do? do you she do? used to keep house for me before my marriage, and she very kindly consented to return while my wife Bridget was having her baby.
4: And a good thing I came back. Bridget hasn't stepped a foot out of her bed since the child was born. She won't even try. Maybe she might, if you'd go away where you belong. That will do, Nanny. <sighs>
3: What's that horrible stench?
4: They've both moved into the nursery with the baby, Nanny and Bridget. She's had her bed brought downstairs, Arnold. They've been burning powders and drawing magic circles round the crib all afternoon. It's a wonder the baby isn't suffocated. Sure, and something's got to be done to protect the little one so from the ghouls and ghosties. His father won't give him a proper Christian christening. No, he must wait till the bishop gets back from Scotland... So it's up to his old nanny to protect the witches.
2: You seem to be an expert on witchcraft, Mary.
4: Sure I am that. Any part of Ireland's alive with them.
2: No doubt. But at the moment, I'm more interested in finding out what this stuff is on the handle of this broomstick and discovering which one of the women in this household has been visiting the witch's grave.
4: How can you tell that, Mr. Holmes?
2: Tomorrow morning, Dr. Watson and I will search the room of every woman in this house.
4: Whatever for, Mr. Holmes?
2: It was a woman who lured Willie to the crossroads last night. No one can wander over the heath without collecting evidence of it on his or her clothing. Mud on the shoes, bracken on the coat or cloak. By the way, Sir Lionel, do you suppose I could speak to your wife a moment before she goes to sleep? That she
4: cannot. She's asleep already.
2: Really? I'd have thought she'd be concerned over her son's safety to doze off. Tonight of all nights.
4: They gave her a sleeping potion. They put it into a tea. I
1: see. You said the nurse was down here on this floor, I
3: believe. That's right, Dr. Watson.
1: But surely if the child is in danger, it would be best to move him on the ground floor.
4: What he's in danger um, can come through locked doors. He'll be in danger till he's christened. That's when the
3: witches try to snatch him.
4: It's the soul they're after,
3: not the body. Oh, Nanny, one more word of that nonsense and I'll ship you back to Ireland. Now get back to your mistress where you belong. Sure, if it's back
4: to Ireland I'm going, she goes with me and don't you forget. <laughs> Nanny's a fool, Lionel. You should have had long ago.
3: But poor Bridget was so homesick. I, I didn't have the heart to take her nurse from her.
4: Good heavens, what am I thinking of? Cook has laid out supper for you gentlemen on a table in front of the fire in the library. I'll fetch some hot coffee.
2: Uh, thank you, but we've no time to waste on food. I say, Holmes, I'm starved. Very well, Watson. Suppose you make us some sandwiches while I set up our chemical equipment. Uh, if you could arrange it, Sir Lionel, I should like to have the use of a room not too far from the nursery. Uh, certainly, Mr. Holmes. You may take over the gun room. It's directly opposite. Good. And if you smell any further curious odors, don't be alarmed. I imagine we may be able to give nannies powders and potions a run for their money. Now, Watson, let's see what we've discovered in this confounded salve. Hogs fat, water, hemlock, aconite, blood... Probably from a rat or bat. I can't determine that without a more powerful microscope. Sink foil, deadly nightshade, and soot. Fine collection of poisonous ingredients, eh, Holmes? The interesting thing, Watson, is that they're all well known ancient poisons. The aconite and deadly nightshade, or belladonna, being particularly potent.
1: Why, Belladonna's a violent delirium. No poor wonder poor old Willie thought he was flying.
2: Yes, Watson. The salve that was used to anoint Willie and his broomstick was undoubtedly a medieval witch's formula for flying. You don't uh, believe in things like that, Holmes? No, Watson. I don't think Willie actually flew from here to the Roman Tower. But he was undoubtedly under the impression that he'd done so. He was probably transporting a cart or carriage.
1: But why should anyone want to poison Willie, take him across the moors and
2: leave him to die? I don't think the intent was to harm him as much as it was to frighten him. Unfortunately, whoever took him to the witch's grave was frightened off when they found they weren't alone. When they found they weren't alone, exactly. The little people were more than they'd bargained for. Holmes, oh, really, there are times All when... Why, right, Watson, you... someone opened the door upstairs. Turn out the lamp. That's right. I didn't hear anything. Yes. Someone's coming along the upper hallway. I thought my remark about searching the rooms tomorrow might lead to something. If any of the women in this household have anything to hide, you made a point they'll try to get rid of it tonight. Someone's coming down the stairs. Yes, judging by her step, it's a woman. She's Hmm. heading for the library. Here, Watson, keep your eye on the nursery door. I'm going to follow her. I wouldn't throw those papers in the fireplace, Miss Conway.
4: (gasps) Mr. Holmes! If you'll
2: allow me to take one look at them...
4: I'd rather die.
2: Very well. Suppose I tell you what those envelopes contain... Some early photographs of Sir Lionel and letters from him.
4: But they're not love letters. You must believe me. They're not.
2: I do believe it, Miss Rachel. You were and still are in love with him. The affection has never been returned. Is that right?
4: Yes, Mr. Holmes. But Lionel doesn't know how I feel. He doesn't know I've kept his letters. Please, please don't tell him. It would, it would kill me if he found out.
2: I've kept many secrets in my I... view, Miss Rachel. I believe there's room for one more. Uh,
4: Mr. Holmes, I... I don't know how to thank you.
2: Don't try. And for goodness sake, go out to the kitchen and make yourself a cup of tea. Make some for Watson, too.
4: I will, Mr. Holmes. Oh, I will. Holmes. Holmes, come quickly. The old nurse slipped out of the
1: nursery. She's gone
2: upstairs. Calm yourself, Watson. we <laughs> will catch her on the way back. Yes, I wonder what she'll bring with her. Strange. Her old hat is creak at night. Quiet, Watson. Yes, she's coming back. She's reached the head of the stairs. Now, she's stopped two steps down. So that's her little game, is it? Very interesting. Very... Yes, here she comes down the rest of the way. Strike a match, Watson. Now then, Nanny, what's that you've got in your hands? A ball of twine and a pair of shoes?
4: Why not? My lady's shoes, it is. Forgot to shine them. So you did.
2: Muddy, aren't they? Let me see them.
4: You go to the devil.
2: Well, I'll... Yes, Watson, as I suspected, Lady Fenwick wasn't as bedridden as she wanted people to believe. Sometime during the last 24 hours, she's been out on the moors. That red clay on her boots is rather prevalent at the foot of Tower Hill.
1: You mean she's been pretending to be the ghost?
2: Holmes, it's midnight.
1: The witching hour. Ah!
4: Help! Help the baby! Save the baby! Nanny! Bridget, I'm coming! Lionel! For the love of heaven, stay up there!
2: Go down downstairs, Sir Lionel, if you value your neck. Bridget, Mr. Holmes, what's happening down there? Light the lamp, Watson. That's better. Now, Sir Lionel, if you'll investigate the second step from the top. Good Lord! A piece of twine stretched across the stairs. Yes, a trip rope. You were supposed to fall downstairs and break your neck.
4: Oh, no, no, Lionel. She didn't mean any harm. Nanny only wanted to frighten you so you'd let the priest christen the baby.
3: You mean that's the reason she gave you, Lady Fenwick? Bridget, what in heaven's name has been going on here?
4: Oh, darling, I was so frightened when Nanny told me about the curse and the witch's stone being moved. I didn't want anything to happen to the baby. I didn't know Willie would die. I only thought she wanted to get even with him. I didn't mean any harm. I didn't mean any harm.
0: Oh, I'll say that was a spine chiller, Dr. Watson. <laughs>
1: Appropriate for
0: Halloween, don't you think? But look now, why did old
1: Nick want to call Oh, Mr. Harris, before I explain all that, suppose we show our
0: gratitude to the people who make this program possible. A very sound idea, Dr. Watson. It's quite a shock when you're face to face with Clippercraft clothes. I mean, an extremely pleasant shock. For even experts are amazed at Clippercraft values. Without the sacrifice of quality, you can buy really fine Clippercraft clothes. For far less than ordinary clothes cost elsewhere in a pleasant atmosphere at your own local independent store where you get friendly, personal attention. Clipper has delivered the goods in more ways than one. Through the famous Clipper Craft plan, 924 leading stores from coast to coast have concentrated their buying power. The result, exceptionally fine quality at exceptionally low prices. Remember, Clipper Craft suits are only 35 and $40. With a few special numbers at $4375. Top coats and overcoats are only eight to forty dollars, and sport jackets only twenty-four dollars. Selling beautifully tailored expensive clothes at inexpensive low prices at the nation's finest independent stores is the great big idea behind the Clippercraft plan. That's why no insist on Clippercraft clothes. So be sure to visit the Clippercraft store in your city. The leading stores in
2: the metropolitan area that bring you Clippercraft clothes are. Saks 34th, Broadway of 34th Street, Manhattan, Abraham and Strauss, Brooklyn, the Boulevard Men's Shop, Kresge, New- Newark, New Jersey, and the B&B Shop, 16408 Jamaica Avenue, Jamaica. These great, courteous, and friendly stores are proud to add their names to that of Clippercraft in the label of your suit, top coat, sports jacket, and overcoat.
0: Now, Dr. Watson, I was about to ask you, why did old Nanny want to stir up so much trouble?
1: Oh, she hated the moors, Mr. Harris. She hated Willie, and she hated Sir Lionel. She was a thoroughly warped personality. Holmes suspected her immediately, of course, when he smelled the hocus-pocus powder she'd been burning in the nursery. He knew she must have made the flying waitment that was responsible for Willie's death.
0: Well, now, Doctor, what about the gravestone, ringing church bells and the little people? Who is it,
1: please? Halloween pranks, Mr. Harris.
0: You mean children?
1: Right. Holmes realized that when he saw the size of the footprints on High Tower Heath.
0: Well, I'm
1: blessed. I hope so, I'm sure. Uh, Now, let me see. Uh, Next week, I'll tell you how Holmes and I investigate case of a little governess whose employer agreed to pay her extra wages because she was willing to cut off her hair. And wear a bright
0: blue dress. Sounds like rather curious requests, Dr. Watson. Why was she asked to do those things?
1: That question led Holmes and myself to visit a decidedly sinister country place called the Copper Beaches. We found a most unexpected answer in the (laughs) act.
0: Of Clippercraft Clothes and 924 leading stores from coast to coast have brought you another in the new series of broadcasts featuring the world's most famous detective, Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes produced and directed by Basil Lochran with special music by Albert Berman. If you don't know your Clipper Craft dealer, write Clipper Craft, Fifth Avenue, New York City. Be sure to listen next week to Sherlock Holmes in the Adventure of the Copper Beaches. If you'd like to attend the Sherlock Holmes broadcasts in New York, see your local Clipper Craft dealer, and he'll tell you how to obtain your tickets. <laughs>